Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Success Show, where I'm again joined by my co-host, Matt Malouf. Matt, how's it going? Very good, Barb, and yourself? Great, thanks. And as always, we've come up with a fantastic topic again today that we uh, we think the listeners, you guys are going to really love, common problem. I love how when we're just chatting in the planning of the show, we just come up with all these ideas that just uh, come from our experiences with clients and Matt, with you with coaching clients, me seeing people getting VAs and uh, brings up the most interesting stories for us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm really excited about today's show. Yeah. So a common one and, and something that did come up for us recently, and I know a lot of people in the virtual assistant, virtual, virtual team game out there globally would have this problem is how do you get success when you're working with a virtual team or a virtual assistant that is not in your time zone? So for example, you're in the US working, um, you, you know, your business hours and you have a VA in the Philippines who works their business hours. So therefore it's in the middle of the night for you, which sounds like the holy grail because the idea would be that you wake up in the morning and all these amazing tasks have been completed overnight. Um, but often we find that while that does seem like the, the the optimum solution, it doesn't always work out that way. So Matt, I'm sure you've seen this with people who have offshore VAs and overseas contractors. Absolutely. And I mean, I might, I've even seen it to the extent of where uh, Australians are working with Filipinos where there's only a couple of hours time difference. Uh, don't get this right. So yeah, it's, there's it's a couple a, of extra tricks, I think, to getting I, this right. That for I, me, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think all of the things that we talk about on this podcast all still hold very true. But when you're working different shifts, different time zones from each other, you almost need to like crank up the, the, uh, the fuel on all the things that we talk about. And you need to be extra vigilant with so many things. Um, of course, that means, you know, using things we always talk about, project management tools like Asana or Trello whatever, using Slack effectively, um, making sure that you've got really detailed processes and task lists, etc. But there's a little bit more to it than that, isn't there, Matt, to get this right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we had a case of this. The reason this is an interesting one for us, uh, we had a case of this come up only a couple of weeks ago where one of our clients had requested that they would like to have a VA working outside of their time zone. And after a couple of months, it came to light that it wasn't really working out. So we got in there and actually have helped to boost the situation and get things working more effectively. So one of the things that, and I actually also have, um, one of my team works in my nighttime. Um, and we have an amazing relationship, gets so much work done, yet we never have a live call together. So what we're going to do today is kind of dissect the important points to um, getting this right. Number one for me and something that I definitely do, I mean, we, we always recommend having a non-negotiable kind of huddle, you know, meeting every day with your team to, to make sure that you answer questions on where they're stuck. But how do you do that if somebody's not in your time zone? Well, the way I've been doing it 
is I still have a huddle with my guy who's not in my time zone, except we do it over Loom. And I've given him a structure where I say, you know, I want you to do a video for me on Loom um, every day. And it's like, here's what I've achieved for the day. You know, here's what I plan to do next. Here's where I'm stuck. And then I ask him to give me a solution. So I go, here's where I'm stuck. And he lists out all the questions he has for me. And then he goes, um, now what I'm thinking is this. I just don't know. I need, I need your feedback. And then I do my Loom video and I go back to him and we trade Loom videos basically. And it works really well for us because we're diligent about it. When does he have to have that done by, Bob? It's like an end of day report thing. So I, I wake up in the morning and his video is there. Excellent. It works really well for me. And then I've got the whole day to kind of come back to him. Now, you know, I have been guilty of not going back to him. And then I'll be honest with you, if you don't go back to them, if you don't deal with that straight away, it's like anything, four days can go by. So you have to be extra vigilant with yourself, I think, if you've got somebody who's not in your time zone. Uh, it's a commitment on both sides to do it. Agreed. And and I think what I want, to, want the listeners to hear from what Barbara's saying is she's just taken the framework that that she uses with her team and adapted it utilising technology. So we've gone, what, what's the barrier to this actually occurring in its current form? Well, when I'm sleeping, he's awake, and when he's awake, when he's sleeping, I'm awake. So we've gone, what's the compromise? Same questions asked as a, as a normal huddle, and we're just utilising technology here. Um, I think that um, you, you bring up a really good point too, which is in responding, because um, like any of us, if, if we – are doing something and we don't get a response, we'll just stop doing it. Um, well, they get even more stuck because I find my guy, everything stalls. And now I could blame him for that. Or I could go, well, he kind of doesn't really know where to go next because I haven't given him anything. Yes. And I, and I think that's a really good point when we talk about different time zones is having some parameters around what to do when they do get stuck. Because, um, you know, we don't want your virtual assistant feeling frustrated we don't want you feeling frustrated that they need to have their hand held, but there's got to be this middle ground because if they just go ahead and keep doing things, uh, it's likely to cost you time and money. Uh, but if they don't get timely responses from you, again, it's going to cost you time and money. So uh, I think this – this um, and Loom, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Val, I'm, I love Loom. I'm it's addicted the, to, to Loom. I love uh, Loom. <laughs> it's so simple, easy, it's there. Uh, and for anyone that hasn't um, utilized Loom, it's a it's a Google Chrome um, is it an extension. I was gonna yeah, it's a Google, Google Chrome thing. The, the tricky part is this: the web address is useloom.com. You use as in U S E. It found took me ages to find the thing because I couldn't find that URL. But useloom.com. If you go there, and if you go into the Chrome extensions, you can put it on your on your desktop. It's really handy. Correct. You know, now, I think as I well, the, the, the thing about the video, though, you know, you could, so of course you can type. I think one of the other things I do, which I forgot to mention, I do the Loom video, but then I also put in bullet points into Asana. So I drop the Loom video into Asana, so I still use Asana, but then I put bullet points as well into Asana of kind of the dot points of what I've discussed, just to, I mean, I'm a talker, right? So just to sort of get it into a more... um less of a blurb framework and to make sure that he has all the, all the points that I hit in the video. 
And I think that helps him to then put some structure on everything I've said. If I ramble. Yeah. And I like, and I like how you're not compromising one system for another. We still use both. And um, <clears throat> let me ask a question, Bob. When you do your huddles um, with the rest of your team, does everything go into Asana? Yes. So the, the rule we have, and I learned this the hard way, so definitely listen up, guys, because I did this wrong initially. I used to think, well, well, I used to say constantly find myself saying to the team, I discussed it on the huddle, and then I became kind of like that tone about it. So it was like a thing in our whole business where I was getting really frustrated going, but I told you this on the huddle. But the reality was the huddle had become quite big and we have about 12 people on there and there's a lot of things that get said on the huddle. So the rule is we actually have a one person for each section is a kind of a note taker and they have to put the instruction into the task as we go through the huddle and tag the person that is now going to take it over. Um, and they, we do it live so we can all see and sometimes I might say, oh, will you add this there or just make that clearer by saying whatever, and I can add my thoughts. So definitely adding the bullet point or the the, the pure instruction into Asana in the task is key. And that solved that problem for us. Yeah. And, and you know, everything that Bob was talking about here is so simple. Um, and it's a case of, number one, designing your system that works for you and your business. And number two, then, then sticking to it. And, you know, and, and the accountability has to go both ways with something like this. Uh, we can't have an expectation on your virtual assistant that you're not willing to uphold on your end. I, you um, know, as I was saying this as well, I was thinking the tendency is, and I did do this myself, the tendency is to go, my team aren't listening. They're just not listening. <laughs> but they are listening. It's just that you may need that extra step and it just cleans everything up. And definitely someone not in your time zone, definitely put that step in as a kind of a circuit breaker to make sure that everyone's clear. So we, we have a slight variation on the way we do that in our business um, to, to what you're doing, Bob, where we have a Slack channel called Stand Up. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, and we just – because um, we, we call it Stand Up because – uh, a huddle, another uh, term for a huddle is a stand-up meeting. So we call it stand-up. Um, and uh, in our business, um, we don't have um, American time zone, but um, the time zones that we do have um, vary from, uh, you know, uh, New Zealand, Australia and um, the Philippines. Um, by 9.30 Sydney time, everybody has to um, put their stand-up. And, uh, and we have uh, three really simple questions. Uh, question one is, what am I getting done today? And you need to bullet point the key things you're going to be working on today. Uh, the second question is, what do I need from others slash where I'm stuck? Um, and again, you can uh, you put in there. And then the third question for us is, did I achieve yesterday's tasks? And the nice thing about that, particularly in my role, because I'm, um, I travel a lot, um, um, I rely heavily on Slack as a communication form in our business, is that I know that I can keep my team on task and focused simply by monitoring what they're putting in their stand-up. Um, we utilize Asana and the like also uh, for recurring tasks and, uh, and projects, but this enables me to know 
where their focus is. But also, too, um, for instance, in today's uh, stand-up, um, you know, one of my team said, I need a decision from Matt today on this event. So, and I, and I knew that I needed to do that, but it was just, that's what that person needs in order for them to keep on track with their projects. Um, we had another team member who is a little bit light on work at the moment. So she's come back and said, uh, highlighted to the whole team, uh, if anyone needs any assistance or help, uh, I've got some excess time today. So it serves in a, in a few different, um, I guess, areas, but I just like that I can log into um, to Slack, whether it's on my computer or my phone, and uh, as I said, by 9.30 every morning, uh, everyone in our team is, uh, has posted in there. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think not only does it keep everyone focused, it keeps it keeps them all focused on what your needs are as, a, as the owner of the business, as the leader of the business, in terms of what report, like what do they need to tell you? Because I think I find sometimes when I talk to VAs, they sort of don't know what to put in their end of day report or, you know, they're confused about what the, what does the client need to know? And they end up listing all the tasks they did for the day, which is kind of useless. And this whole thing helps your team to get really clear about what is it that you need to know as the leader of the business so that you can make faster decisions, you can help them, you can make sure roadblocks and friction doesn't happen. Um, and on the other side, on the more negative side, there's nowhere to hide. So for example, if you do have a team member, like I hear a lot from people, I just don't know what my VA is doing. I don't, you know, there's all this. In this structure, you won't have that problem because they have to do this every day and you're going to see very quickly where their strengths are, where the holes are, whether nothing's happening or whether they're just not doing it. And that produces then a different conversation. So it makes leadership of teams and actually managing more the HR side or more the performance management actually easier because it gives you the tools to do it. Yeah. And the and the other thing too, just to add to that list that Barb was saying, it enables you to understand, are they prioritizing the right things at the right time? Yes. Um, you know, sometimes... Um, you know, it could be it could be that you had a meeting, and uh, or it could be your Loom video, and something was missed, and then all of a sudden you're not seeing it. Whether it's uh, in Asana or in the stand-up conversation, you can remind that person, "Hey, how about this thing that's uh, really important that needs to get done today?" Yeah, yeah. So look, I think those are definitely that's the big thing for me. Another key thing with uh, someone outside your time zone is and I know we've talked about this a million times, but you need to have a very developed task list so that there's no confusion with that person about what their job requires on a daily basis. Now, someone outside of your time zone could be doing a recurring task list, a project task list, or a combination of both. And it's very, very important for you at the beginning that that task list is developed enough in terms of systems and processes and instructions so that the person can actually effectively work without you. So it, it requires a little bit higher level of um, detail, I feel. If it's a project, then um, that is a little bit harder again because it's not so clear cut. Um, so you just need to think about that and raise the level of involvement initially from you to make sure that that actually is structured properly and they can get on with the job. Does that make sense, Matt? Matt? So that because they're on their own, right? So they have to be able to get on with the job without you, yes. and then report back to you at the end of the day on where 
the challenges are, etc., and what's been happening. And remembering that they they crave instruction, they actually want the instruction. They do. Yeah, and the the that those recurring task lists or or whether it's ad hoc task lists um, make it so much easier for your VA to win, which in turn means that you win. Yes. Yeah. A final one I think I would touch on, just which I think is a, a trap that some people would fall into if they've done all these other things, is the terrible trap of research. So naturally, uh, a lot of VAs, this happens to them. You've asked your VA to do something for you and they go into the vortex of research. And because it's not in your time zone and you're not available and nobody's really helping them during the day, they can go in and all of a sudden you get a time tracker or a, an end of day report or whatever that says that they spent three hours researching this one thing and you had no intention of that happening. And you're like, oh my God, three hours for that. So again, that comes down to effective um, knowing that you're not in that time zone. Again, this stuff is really important if you are in a time zone, but if you're not, you want to lay the expectation out and help the person before they start that task with what you what what your thinking is. So you might say, look, I want you to do some research on this particular topic for me. I don't really if you're finding you're spending more than an hour, um I want you to stop and compile what you've done and I'll we'll think we'll do more tomorrow or something like that. Let me know what where you're what you're finding so that they have some parameters around you know that that vortex because it is a vortex that they can get lost in for hours on end and it it clients get very irritated with that that's the one like pay it's sort of something that really irks a lot of clients and it, it's like a um it pushes their buttons of what's my va doing all day yeah yeah causes that a lot yeah <laughs> and and it, and, it, and it it all comes back to the communication you know setting clear parameters clear expectations on what it is that you're after, when to check in, et cetera. Um, you know, and I think the, the on the other side of, of what Barbara's saying, if you need someone to go deeper on something, um, then you need to say, again, allow them to understand the depth of research that you're after so that they can uh, allocate uh, enough time. They may go too short and not, not go as in-depth as you would like. Absolutely, yes. Again, that's mind reading. Like, how do you, how do you know? So... It's all of these assumptions around, you know, what you say and what someone else hears. And you just got to be more detailed, I feel, when when somebody's not in your time zone. And then you won't waste time together and you can have a really effective relationship, actually. And you get that holy grail of waking up in the morning and going, wow, look at all this stuff. That actually does happen. You need a mind reading tool. That's what we need. Bob. <laughs> yeah. That would, that, that would solve this problem for everybody. Yes, I think, um, again, I always folk, I always say it's a commitment to, I find myself writing instructions now and I'm stating the bleeding obvious kind of thing, but I just know that you just, in, in any communication, like the other day I was in a coffee shop and this girl, I ordered like two large flat whites, it was a whole list of things and she was new, so I said, why don't you read it back to me to uh, just, you know, make sure you got the right order and she said, okay, so you want two coffees um, one toast. And I said, okay, it's two large flat whites. Cause my husband would go mad if it was wrong. <laughs> it's one soy linseed toast with butter and jam, right? Cause otherwise you could get an order that was totally wrong. You know, so it's this just commitment to the detail that can be tedious for a lot of people, but it reduces the, uh, it reduces mistakes and, and misunderstandings. It does. Yeah. And I think again, like with any, 
person you're working with, um, when you're working with people across different time zones, you've got to be patient and you've got to understand that there is a getting to know one another phase um, and you really got to find your groove together. And, and that's whether someone's, you know, sitting next to you in your office or, or they're on the other side of the world in a different time zone. You've got to be set realistic expectations in the short term in order to set yourself and the other person up to win as well. Uh, look, and I will share, by the way, I mean, you might have someone who's not a virtual assistant. You might have a consultant that's working in the in, in another time zone. You might, as in someone from your team, you might have a salesperson. Like I've got a, I live in Australia and I've got a salesperson who runs the US sort of sales side who is in a, is like literally the opposite end of the time zone to me. And we have had all these, like we've had all these stumbling blocks because of these issues again, and you have to be very clear. And so it doesn't, it's not just about talking about virtual assistants. It's anyone who is working a different time zone to you or in the virtual environment, I would suggest. Correct. That's right. Great. Well, I hope that has helped a few people out there listening. I know, um, I definitely know this is, this is a thing out there. Um, and don't, get discouraged that just because somebody wants to work in a different time zone or a few hours different to you that you can't make it work but you have to make a commitment to these few steps that that we're talking about here absolutely absolutely and you know if you've got any questions on this topic please feel free to to uh send them through to us via the facebook group um we're always looking for new topics to talk on on the show as well. Uh, and, yeah, as I said, uh, please, we'd love for you to share the episode out there in the community so we can help a lot more business owners and entrepreneurs succeed uh, with their virtual teams. And if you've enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to write us a review um, and, uh, and, again, share the love. Uh, because the more people that Barbara and I can help uh, in this area, we believe the uh, the more successful the entrepreneurial community will be. Absolutely. Well said. Thanks, guys. Until next time. See you soon. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together.